0: Hello, and welcome to Brain to Board. About 29 weeks ago, I decided to start designing a board game. About 28 weeks ago, I decided to start this podcast to document the thinking behind the game itself and the process of actually getting it out into the world. The game I have today is completely different from the game I started designing. Mechanically, it is completely different from the first version of the game that I thought was really good. I've playtested the game at all different stages of its development. And I think that now I have a good idea of what it's like for playtesting to go well and poorly. Today's episode is about just that. Specifically, it's about how to get an accurate read on feedback about your game when you're playtesting with friends and family who won't always tell you how they really feel. Alright, so before we get into the main topic, I want to say it's really hard to find an audience of strangers to playtest your game. I mean, that's probably not surprising to hear. Like, it's not exactly like most people probably just go out and like, I want to playtest a game today. But, yeah, it's really hard to do. I've tried to look into it a bit. Not easy. Seems like conventions are the best way to go. I haven't been to any yet, uh, but if I do go, I'll certainly let you guys know about it. That said, it's definitely a good idea to playtest with people you know first, because the game can often be broken and unfun, and that's just not fair to people who are volunteering their time who don't know you, so, you know, do it to the people who do know you. Hopefully they'll still like you after you do it. Of course, the problem with playtesting with people who you do know and who like you is that no matter how much you tell them you want honest feedback, you, you won't get it. Most people who play with you who like you will give you overly positive feedback, and some of them will probably just want to be a jerk and give you overly negative feedback, but it's kind of hard to get accurate feedback, or when you do get accurate feedback, it's hard to tell that it actually is accurate and it's not going one of those directions. Overall, I think you should trust your own instinct about how any playtesting session went. Asking for feedback is helpful, but from what I found, just my own sense of how it went was more accurate. If you find yourself thinking that maybe the playtest wasn't good, but you're kind of justifying why it didn't go well, like, ah, they just didn't understand the strategy, and if they played more, they would, that's a bad sign. You should try not to justify it like that in your head. If it didn't go well, it's not the fault of the players. It's the fault of something about either the presentation of the game or the way the game itself works. It could be that the game isn't paced right or it feels unfair. Even if you know that it is really well-balanced, it might not feel that way when you're playing it. That was a problem of some earlier versions of my game. I I knew that the game was well-balanced, but when you're playing and you lost, it never felt like you really deserved to lose, even though you did and it was the result of your play. And I knew that logically, so whenever I was playing, I kind of had that in the back of my head. I was like, for me, if I'm losing right now, that's my fault. But the other people I'm playing with didn't feel that way. So what's more important than what actually is happening with the game is what people are feeling is happening with the game, because that's what people are actually going to take away from it. Now that said, it's also possible that whatever feelings they have are not influenced necessarily by the game itself, but by how it's presented, and that's something you can take with you into writing the final draft of the rules for the game. So maybe there's some aspect that a lot of people didn't really realize was important to strategy, and you should stress that in the rules. It's not I don't think it's a bad thing to give like a small strategy tip as long as it's nothing like major. You shouldn't probably put a huge strategy guide in your rule book, but If you've got something minor that's important to having fun with the game, then absolutely, I think it should be put in. So that's the gist of my first tip, is trust your own instinct and don't try to justify why something didn't go well. Just if something didn't go well, realize that there's something that needs to be fixed, and you should try to figure out what that is. That's a way that you can interpret, like, your own feelings about the playtesting session. But as far as making the playtesting session more useful to you, here's my number one tip. When you invite people over to playtest... Don't just say, come over and play my game. Say, come over and play my game, and then we'll play other games when we get bored. Don't obviously say it exactly like that, but something to that effect, you know? Make sure people know that the option of playing some other games that maybe they already know and like is on the table. At first, this might not seem like a great idea because it gives opportunity for people to get distracted and not, like, think about your game. But it's actually a really good way to gauge if people are actually engaged with it um obviously this also depends on the length of the game if you're designing the next twilight imperium or like diplomacy or something and it takes like eight hours to play you probably don't have to tell people like yeah we're gonna play my game and then other stuff that'll that'll not be the best idea uh so this tip more applies if you're playing a relatively short game uh my game for instance only takes like 10-15 minutes so it's really perfect for something like that but i would imagine it works well with other longer games as well just not ridiculously long I've actually been doing this from the start without really thinking about how useful it is just because like the times I get to hang out with all my friends and stuff and play games I want to spend playing other games too, not just like thinking the whole time about how I can make my own game better. But after I did it I realized that it was actually a really nice way to gauge how much people were engaged with my game. So between different playtesting sessions with different versions of your rules you can see how long it takes people to get bored. For instance. If they get bored after one game and want to move on to other stuff, that's probably a relatively bad sign. If people accidentally spend the entire night just playing your game because they love it so much, that's a great sign. The option to play other games is a way that people can give you negative feedback about your game without them feeling bad about giving you that negative feedback. Because if you tell them up front, we can play other games if we want, I want to play other games, them suggesting or going along with the suggestion of playing a different game feels way better than just saying, yeah, I'm not having fun. As far as the practical differences, I've noticed while doing this. So let's take the old version of my game. Uh, Whenever I played it and the option of other games was on the table, people wanted to move on to the other games relatively quickly. For instance, one of the groups I played with a lot, we always play Avalon. And it was pretty clear that everyone wanted to play Avalon after like one or two rounds of my game. With the new version, one of the times we play tested it with that same group, we basically spent the whole night just playing my game, and we like squeezed one round of Avalon in at the end, but this was not with prompting from me. I wasn't pushing people to keep playing this. They just wanted to, and they kept coming up with new strategies and stuff, and I take that as a great sign about the game, because to go from not wanting to play my game really at all and just wanting to play Avalon to basically pushing Avalon's out of its spot as the number one game for the night, that was a pretty good feeling. So that's my best tip for getting subtle negative feedback about your game, is to make sure the option to play other games is on the table. The types of things that people discussed after each play of the game also changed based on how good the game actually was, and I can see that now in retrospect, having played a bad game and having played a good game. Uh, With the bad game, or the bad version of the game, a lot of the discussion was about, like, Ways that the game could be improved, making suggestions to me. It's like, you know, I think this would be fun if we did this. Or it would just be kind of quiet, not much discussion in between games or discussion about other things. With the good version of the game, most of the discussion was about strategy and like things that happened in the game not about changes to it there's still occasional suggestions about things to do but they were mostly about concerns i had brought up like i would ask people like hey did you have fun with this what did you think of this and then maybe that would uncover people being like yeah I actually like that was probably my least favorite part here's a way you could change it and that was good feedback to get uh but the game itself was still good because no one wanted to like bring that up it wasn't a big enough thing that they felt like they had to talk about changes to make um Instead, they were talking about, like, strategy in the game, like, oh, next time I'm going to do this thing, and even, like, ridiculous things they could do in the game, which I took as a sign of them just having fun, because if you're having fun with a game, you want to push it, and you want to, like, you know, just... Have a good time. Like, there was a player who decided that in the next game, they weren't going to look at their secret roll card until they absolutely had to. And it's a dumb strategy. Like kind of works, you know? It adds a little bit more confusion. Like, if you don't even know what you are, how's anyone going to trust you? How are you even going to trust yourself? I don't think it's a good strategy in the game overall, but the player who was doing it, which was just having fun, like, playing the game, and he wanted to try this new funny thing. Or a player intentionally doing something that they know is a bad play, but just doing it because it made everyone laugh. Like, that was also really fun to see. And these sort of things showed that the players playing the game, they were just treating it like any other game. Because when you're playing any other game, the goal is to have fun, or at least in the game groups I'm playing. I know there are more serious groups, and if your game's more of, like, less of a social thing and more of, like, a really intense, like, Euro or something, then this might not be the case as much. But with my game, which is a very social game, and it's meant to be very lighthearted, having players playing it and just doing things for fun really shows that they're just playing it because they want to play the game and they want to have fun with it so that was really cool so that's the gist of what i wanted to say is you can't really trust the feedback people give you especially if they're close to you but there are still ways to get valuable feedback out of people Uh, you just be a little more clever about it on that note you should also be wary of people who prejudged the game and decided they didn't like it uh for instance my brother he played like the old version which wasn't very good and he gave some valuable feedback it wasn't delivered in the nicest way. But it was useful to me, and it uh, helped me make the newer version of the game. Then when he played that, though, he kind of gave the same feedback, which in future playtests with other people, for the reasons I talked about earlier, it became very clear to me that the game was so much better, and people were having fun with it. And it was just that he had prejudged the new version based on his play of the old version, which is understandable. So if you're going to playtest with the same groups of people multiple times and some of them have played a very bad version of your game, just be aware that they might take that feeling into future playtests, so their feedback will be colored a little bit by that uh, if they don't necessarily have the confidence in you that you can actually design a competent game. Uh, So that said, harsh feedback can sometimes still be very useful. Just be wary of people's evaluations about your game before they've really considered the changes you've made. Anyway, that's about it for this episode. Uh, the music in this show is by Technoax. If you want to contact me, you can email me at BrainDeboard, just spelled like the name of the show, with no spaces, obviously, um, at gmail.com. <laughs> I hope you find this episode helpful. I know this sort of thing might not necessarily be as helpful to someone designing a very different game, but hopefully it was at least interesting if it wasn't useful to you. Like I said, I'm going to be posting more episodes as I keep doing stuff. I'm working more on the art and manufacturing side of the game right now, or at least looking into that stuff. And I think I'm going to focus the next episode on... I don't know yet. I'll figure it out when we get there. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you next week or, you know, at some point.